I'm Shelby, and I'm from Reynoldsburg, Ohio. So what was broken on my car was really unique, and they did a wonderful job at tracking it down and had it there the next day and fixed. 3C dealt with my insurance, so I just got to sit back, and they took care of everything. I had my car back within a week, then somebody else hit it, and now I find myself back at 3C Body Shop. I would recommend 3C to family, friends, and anybody who's been an ex. 3C Body Shop. This is Christian artist Wade McNutt, and you're listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Whoa, Ranger Report. Oh, Ranger Report. If you want the inside scoop, listen to the Ranger Report. All right, yeah, here we go. This is the Ranger Report podcast. News, insights, Predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. Experience the joy of watching your friends and family's faces light up when you feed them wild game you harvested and made them delicious sausages or meat you barbecue and grill with the finest seasonings available. Visit our friends at Waltons.com to find everything you need to turn wild game into tasty meat snacks or spice up your barbecue with new flavors and seasonings. With over 500 seasonings to choose from, there's something that everyone will love. They even have step-by-step videos and how-to articles at Beachistics to help you go from animal to edible. Use coupon RANGERS15 at checkout to save 15% on your first order at Waltons.com. Waltons, everything but the meat. everybody welcome to the ranger report podcast live episode 100 this is our 100th episode we started back in 2018 i say we it was just me i had about eight listeners back then so uh cj joined i have a lot more so i am ben Dieter. you've obviously found me on twitter because this is happening on twitter it's a celebration bitches yeah celebration episode 100 so welcome welcome everybody we got a few guests already so thank you for joining us we got things to talk about there are actually news going on in the world of baseball for once yep i was told last night from a very reliable source that things are very close uh, and there's actually a tentative date uh for the start you know or, or for the agreement uh, however, I cannot release that date until it becomes official. So there is things going on right now that are positive for us to be able to to enjoy a regular Major League Baseball season. Yeah, and the fact that they met three or four days last week told us a lot. You know, the fact that they're actually willing to get together and talk and discuss made it made made me a lot happier because I thought that they were going to drag it out a lot longer. But you know, in the long run, CJ, nobody wants to lose money. No, and there's there's a lot of money on the table. I mean, <laughs> they don't want to lose any money, and especially coming off a COVID shortened season in 2020, uh, where a lot of money was lost. I mean, uh, to go through an extensive lockout right now would hurt both sides. So, uh, I believe this thing will get done. 
before spring training when we have a normal spring training. And hopefully we do because we're trying to get there, but we don't know. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't know when to when to book our flights and our hotels and shit. So, yeah, I mean, we can't do it until we know there's going to be players there. I mean, either way, you know, I mean, minor league camp is starting on time. They're, they're going to be there because none of this affects the minor right. league players that are not on the 40 man. And so that that's starting either way. But our plan was to go in in mid to late March. So it sounds like if things go the way we want to, that they'll be in full swing by then. Yeah. I mean, hell we hope so. I mean, just, yeah, just stay tuned. I mean, that's, that's the most information that I can give right now. Um, everything's been pretty hush hush and I cannot believe I got that information. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we we're so famous now that, uh, people, people oh, just yeah. throw stuff at us. Oh yeah. We're badasses. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, um, we, we've, we've got some money in that direction. We still need some more. So if you know any companies that, uh, have extra money laying around that want to donate it, we'll, we'll definitely take it. But hopefully here in the next couple of weeks, we'll know whether we're going or not. And it'll be a lot easier to start hitting up, uh, sponsors, you know, cause it's hard to say, Hey, we're going to go, you know, if there's a spring training. No sponsors. I mean, we've hit, uh, multiple sponsors up and they are not committing because they do not want to commit while the lockout is going on. Well, and so, I don't, I don't blame them. Cause if you, you yeah, know, I, I mean, there's no reason to, cause all we'd have to do is give the money back if we're not going to go. So, so they may as well wait until we know that we're going and then we can, right. we can get, cause right. you know, again, that's like tax nightmare. If we get it and then I have to give it back and then we got to, <laughs> I don't want to deal with all that. And they don't either and lawyers get involved. Yeah. And they don't want to deal with it either. And I don't blame them. So, you know, I say that we just, uh, we hang on, but hopefully, like I said, it'll be going on and we've, uh, we're, well, I'm looking forward to it so much. I mean, if oh. they screw us over on this, I'm going to be so pissed off. Oh yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it so bad. I mean, uh, let's be honest, Ben. And I, I don't like to speak for you or speak for anybody, but I think you and I can both agree. That would be a dream come true to yeah. go, and cover the Rangers from top to bottom in Arizona. Well, I've, I've always just wanted to go. So actually being able to go with some access and being able to talk to players, being able to talk to coaches, being able to talk to, you know, managers, being able to talk to everybody there. I mean, I don't see that. I mean, there'll be, there'll be former players like Michael Young and David Murphy wandering around. So, you know, we, I mean, there's so many things we can do oh, yeah. if we can get there you for let, three or four days. You let me go and wrangle them up because I will. Hey, this is this is 100 of the Ranger Report. So come on now. Let's not mess around. Yeah. And it's been I mean, let's be honest. You know, if you look back for a minute, it was it was pretty rough at the beginning, but it always is when you start something out. You know, I'd I'd done it from 2008 to 2015, took a very long break. And then 2018 started up again and I did it very inconsistently, like maybe every three months. And, you know, once I recorded in my car while I was driving, like we, you know, we didn't have great Uh, quality. with me, uh, we had Curtis Terry on. You, yeah, I had to do it in the car the there. The road, and we we did a, a a freaking podcast with Curtis Terry. Yeah, if people only heard and saw some of the behind the scene the scene stuff before we do our podcast, it's it'd be crazy amazing. Because I mean, I was literally on the side of the road talking to Curtis Terry. One time I did that with Jared Sandler, but I lost connection, and we didn't get that one. Uh, you know, f bomb. Yes, that was the one. 
<laughs> yeah, Jared dropped the F-bomb because he couldn't get us connected and mine kept <laughs> dropping. And I mean, there's been some crazy stuff and I wish I had that recorded, but I lost that recording because it would be fun to play some of the outtakes. We got plenty of those too, but golly, I just don't have time to put all that together. Otherwise I would, but a hundred episodes, we've had some amazing guests. We've had some amazing conversations. We've had some amazing interaction with all you guys out there that have listened over the last year and a half since CJ joined. And by the way, if you didn't hear uh, Wade McNutt last week, that was that was pretty awesome. And he wrote a song for us where he mentioned that the ratings are better when CJ is on. <laughs> that was that was totally unexpected. <laughs> he goes, he said, give me some give me some dirt on Ben. And I was like, well, Ben's pretty straight laced. There's not much dirt on him. Uh, I said, OK, here's, here's what I can tell you uh, from when when I joined, rejoined the podcast. It's that the ratings have gone up. And so he, he just ran with it. He ran so, with it. Yep. He did. He did so, a great job. Yeah. Yeah. So if no, you didn't he, hear that, go back him. And that's one thing we wanted to ask everybody when, when, when we get more on, uh, and I can ask you guys that are on now, if you want to answer, but do you enjoy the, the musical guests we've been getting as well? Since there's not a lot of baseball to talk about, we've been trying to branch out and bring on Texas music artists as well, because I mean, these guys are amazing and they need exposure as well. And it's been great to get to know Abraham Alexander. I'll be at his concert on March the 12th, which I'm extremely looking forward to. He gave you free tickets. He did. He gave me free tickets, which I, you know, I'm not turning down free tickets to Abraham Alexander and the Black Pumas. Yeah. We got, we got Kane now. Yo, what's good, guys? How's it going, Kane? Going good. Congrats on a hundred. That's, uh, that's, that's pretty impressive. That's man. a lot. <laughs> that, is, that is a lot. And I was lucky enough to be on one but i actually did have something that i saw today as i was um looping through the rabbit holes of youtube during the lockout um YouTube I rabbit hole. but i saw that um i was watching this video about mlb trade rumors and one of the ones that they had was potentially having the rangers be a landing spot for cubs catcher wilson Contreras. and i was curious like what did you guys think about and i'll give my opinion too if you want what did you guys think about the rangers potentially upgrading behind the dish you give us give us your opinion first i personally don't think it's a terrible idea but i don't think it's as high on their priority list as other things such as outfield and um outfield and pitching but I do think that, you know, um, if that comes at the right asking price, I, don't, I think, you know, there wouldn't be anything, you know, wrong with getting a veteran catcher behind the play. Someone like Contreras that will contribute to the development of Haim and uh, Trevino. Okay. So uh, if, if, if that happens, you're going to give away a catcher. Which catcher do you give away? I, per- I hate, I hate this. I, I, <laughs> but I, that's why I'm a professional brother. I would give away Trevino, unfortunately. Oh, I love, God, don't. I love him, but I I like Heim a little bit more. To be honest, I think the bat is a little bit more there. I hate that. But. Well, my my opinion on the matter is, I don't think they will get rid of someone because I think if they get, I don't think they'll get someone of that caliber. I think they'll get a veteran as a backup plan in case someone gets hurt. If there's not a full spring training. It means there's much more potential for players to get hurt when the season starts because they didn't have their full breakdown at the beginning of the, uh, of the spring training. They didn't get all their innings in. They didn't get all their, uh, all their time and all their preparation because they weren't allowed to. And I think the Rangers want to get some insurance at catching because after Hyman Trevino, they have a few, but they don't have any really high prospects on the catching end. 
Well, and in, in my contention is they have multiple uh, years of control on Trevino and Jonah Hunt. Yep. So it's it's kind of hard right now because they both. I mean, yeah, we we lost 102 games last year, but those two guys were not bad spots in the in the lineup, you know, or behind the plate. They were not. They were not negatives you can look at. I mean, yeah, they they were streaky, sure, uh, but I just don't see them making a move for a catcher because that means you got to get rid of one to acquire another. And the other one becomes backup, and that can cause uh, a spot of contention. Yeah. I guess I could say uh, because the other catcher, whichever one got dealt, would, uh, and and, uh, this is me speaking from experience, uh, you you just, you don't want the organization to bail out on you. That's yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I'm a hundred percent with you guys. I think it's it's I think it's extremely unlikely, but I just thought it was interesting to think today. Welcome everybody to the Range Report Progress. Progress. Welcome everybody to the Range Report Podcast. We are thrilled to be joined by Chris Halleck. Chris, how are you? Doing good, guys. Thanks for having me again. So we've got a lot going on right now in the, in the MLB with uh, a yelling match is what you tweeted yesterday. So spring training definitely is starting to look like it's going to be delayed. Is that right? Nothing's official as of right now, but uh, it would take a miracle, uh, I would think, to get a deal done in time so that spring training's on-time date can be salvaged. Um uh, we're recording this on what is it Wednesday, uh, and so it would be I think exactly two weeks from today when pitchers and catchers would suppose or supposed to report or are supposed to report. Which you've got 140 uh, at least 140 uh, major league free agents that need to find jobs. You've got players that need to get visas renewed. Clubs need to settle with arbitration players. Um, There's the whole thing of whether you do the rule five draft or not. There's just a lot to do. Um, Some of that would have to, at this point would have to leak over into spring training. But I think just the, given the nature of the, the current state of negotiations, even having a deal done in the next couple of weeks seems like I said, unless something really changes over the over the next, you know, one to two weeks, I I just have a hard time believing spring training is going to start on time. So again, nothing's official. That's just kind of conjecture on my part of kind of reading the room. But uh, if you have plans for spring training already booked, I hope you got travel insurance with them. If not, you might be paying some fees. No, that's why we haven't booked ours yet because we. Yeah. We can't get any sponsorships right now to to sponsor us to go because of the lockout. Yeah. So they're not they're not going to pony up any money while while this is going on. So me and Ben have um, we're we're this close to I mean just we're we're pretty much saying we're not going this year unless something happens immediately. Uh, so we're looking forward to next year and you know things will change then. But it ain't about us. I mean, like you said, there's a, there's a whole. I mean, it, this is affecting a whole slew of people. It yeah. really is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It, yeah. No, sorry. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give my optimism here in just a second, but I'll let you finish. Sorry. You're always optimistic, Chris. <laughs> I am. I try to be. <laughs> no. Um, 
Uh, so what's what's the major what's what's the major holdup? I know I, I read your I read your uh, story the other day, and you kind of laid it out. Just kind of talk about what you have heard and what what the major holdup is, because we've been hearing so many different things for the past two weeks. Like they're close, and then they're not close, and then they're close, and they're not close. I mean, it, it's, it's like they're just leaking things. Both of them, both sides, I think, are leaking things that just are uh, trying to trying to uh, what's what's the best thing I could say here uh, use barring chips against each other. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, a couple of things that they've really been far apart on more than anything. Uh, well, there's actually three things that they've been far apart on from the, from the start of it, from before negotiations even began. And that's free agency revenue sharing uh, and, um, oh man, what's the final one? I've just totally had a brain fart. Well, I'll tackle those other two and it'll come to service, me. Uh, for, serviceability, isn't it? Uh, service time manipulation has been, oh, the, the, uh, the luxury tax, the, the competitive oh, balance yeah, tax yeah. threshold. Oh, that's, that's the other one. So the good thing is, is that players gave up their fight on earlier free agency. So that's one thing out of the way that, that, so that's a major concession made by the players. So that's one of three things that they've been really far apart on. That's now, don't worry about it anymore. Um, the competitive balance tax remains uh, a huge hurdle, if not the biggest hurdle remaining. Uh, the players want it to go up. Uh, I mean, this is the players want competitive balance, which is, you know, that's what it, that's why it's called the competitive balance tax. Um, but the players want competitive balance, meaning they don't want, they want to incentivize spending for teams. And so that means raise the threshold so that players, so that teams that maybe are comfortable spending $205 million uh, or, or, or sorry, let me put it the other way. Teams that are willing to spend $215 million don't go over the, what was the $210 million threshold because they don't want to have to pay penalties. So they'll stay under it. Well, that's $5 million um, that goes to another player. So that's understandable. Right. So, uh, well, and not only that, it's just, they want, if team, if more teams can spend more money, that's more players getting bigger contracts or more players exactly. getting contracts. Yep. 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 So that's why players, players want to incentivize, incentivize spending. So raise the thresholds and lower penalties for those who, who, who exceed the threshold owners on the flip side, uh, want to, uh, have the threshold raised, but very, very minimally uh, in small increments. Uh, and they want harsher penalties for those who exceed because they don't want the top and the bottom uh, to be so far apart. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I guarantee you that I want to guarantee, but I would strongly bet that the gap between the top spender and the bottom spender in 2021 was at least $160 million. Um, if not 160, at least $150 million. And that's a large gap when we're talking about the top spender versus the bottom spender. And that gap could be even larger next year uh, if the reports are true that the Mets would possibly even flirt with the flirt with spending $300 million on their in payroll. Um, because you're going to have teams like the Pirates, like the Athletics, like the Rays, who are not going to spend even $100 million. So if the Mets flirt with 300 million, you're talking about the, 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 the gap being potentially $200 million 
you know, between the top and the bottom, that's a large gap and the owners want to minimize that. So they want harsher penalties for those who exceed the threshold. So those are the, the biggest, that's the biggest issue right there right now. And the, while the players have consistently made offers on the competitive balance tax, whether the league likes the, the offers or not, the players have consistently made offers while the league has made one offer and that's to raise it by $4 million and increase penalties on it. And that's it. Um, when the, when the two sides met uh, twice in two days uh, last week, the players made an offer on the competitive balance tax. When the league uh, countered, the league ignored the CBT. They did not talk about it. Um, they focused on paying younger players more, which is thankfully something that both sides want to happen. They want younger players to be paid better. So, but the question is how do they get that to work out? And unfortunately they're far apart on that now too. They agree to the concept, but it's, how they get how they get the dollars there to fund that is a completely different situation. Um, but the competitive balance tax is something that is is still huge, uh, probably the biggest hurdle in the way. Um, and there's a bunch of other things that go into it. I could probably write a three thousand word story on it, uh, on going into all the details on what they're on the same page on, what they're far apart on, and unfortunately, the list of what they're far apart on is a lot longer than what they're on the same page on. Especially when you're talking about the core economics of the sport, how dollars are split between the owners and the players, and that's why we're in a lockout. That's why the lockout's threatening spring training right now, seriously threatening spring training. And if nothing happens in the next three or four weeks could threaten the regular season. Yeah. That was going to be my next question is, you know, I know spring training's threatened. I know the minor leagues isn't affected at all, unless you're on the 40 man roster. So anyone on the 40 man is affected and can't go to camp, but what are the odds you think? I mean, and we're all hoping no, but it sounds like they're pretty far apart on several things. What are the odds that they don't, that, all, it doesn't start in April. We don't start on time. Uh, I, this is where the optimist in me comes in. And again, this is, this is also me. This is not my, like blind optimism here uh, or just of me wanting to get back to work or me wanting to, um, you know, as a baseball fan, want baseball to start on time. I really do think that they are, that they're going to play a full season uh, and, and that'll start on time. And maybe at the worst, it would be delayed by a week or two. Um, now the reason why is because just about everybody who's been covering the CBA negotiations has pretty much said the same thing, that it was always going to get uglier before it gets better. And right now, you know, the, the yelling match that, that, you know, I I reported, um, could be the start of things getting uglier before they get better. Um, just because the players are fighting for change. They have not gotten their way in the last two CBAs. And this is why we're in a lockout right now. The players, uh, the owners have really, really taken advantage of the way the system's been, system has been set up for the last two uh, CBAs. And the players are tired of it. Um, and so they are rightfully in, in their mind, standing up and wanting change. And the owners aren't going to just roll over and say, Oh, okay. We're making I mean, nobody who's making a lot of money is going to say, okay, it's okay. If I make less money, I mean, nobody's going to, anybody who, who is in business is, is not going to, is would laugh at that. Um, you always try to make more money. Um, the, unfortunately right now you have two sides who both want to make more money and that's why they're in a lockout right now. However, 
when we're talking about making money, you both sides will begin to lose money when they start losing regular season games. And neither side wants to do that. Both sides are still reeling from 2020 from there being, you know, a 60 game season, $0 made at the gate. Um, neither side uh, did well in 2020 players were only paid. I think like 40% of what their salary was. And owners obviously made about 40% of what they normally make in a season. Uh, maybe not even that. So uh, again, I don't have the numbers in front of me. So those numbers are uh, very, very rough, but um, neither side wants to lose money. And so owners don't want lost games. Cause that means lost revenue players don't want lost games. Cause that means lost paychecks. So I think, and just, again, this is me reading the room. This is me understanding what the two sides stand for. Both sides have threatened, you know, we're okay with losing games. That could be a negotiation tactic. I think most of the time when it's early on and those that first comes out, that usually is a negotiation tactic or we're, we're okay with losing games. But at the bottom line, the bottom line of it is this is baseball after all. And baseball loves deadlines, the trade deadline. I mean, trades usually the most majority of trades don't get done until the trade deadline, right up to the last minute before the deadline. Um, this is, it's, it would be very baseball of, you know, setting a soft deadline of March 1st to get something done so that the season can be salvaged. And then February 27th or 28th comes along and they have, they have an agreement, you know, it would not surprise me if it came down to that. Um, and with how much the players are standing up and fighting for change, it, it may come to that, but um, obviously fans don't want that fans want spring training to start as soon as possible. And players want as long of a spring training as they can get, especially the pitchers, because the shorter spring training is you're talking about potentially more injuries. And that's not, that's not good for the game, obviously. So um, yeah, but I, ultimately I think they're going to get a deal done in time that salvages at least a full season uh, starting on time, potentially maybe only delayed by a week or two, but I still think they play full one six two this year at this moment in time, obviously that can change. Well, and, and I think, I mean, this, there's a lot that this that builds into this. You mentioned 2020 and how the, you know, the, 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 the owners were really screwing over the players over not being able to play. It's not the player's fault. They can't play. You know, if you, if you can't play, you know, it's an administrative leave of absence. If you're working in a normal environment and you still get your money. So not only that, but the Chris Bryant thing, uh, this, I was thinking about this today and uh, the Chris Bryant thing, whenever he was a rookie and the Cubs sending him down for two weeks, even though they were contending and they made it obvious, they wanted to have one more year control for him. So he sent him down for two weeks and then brought him back up because they knew he was going to be the starting third baseman. So it, I think the owners are, should also be mad at each other or be mad at the Cubs, at least for doing that, because it made it obvious. And let's not pretend the owners have not done that before, but usually it's not contending teams like the Cubs where they were, you know, back in what was it? 2014 when that happened. And uh, so it, it just kind of made it obvious. And, and that's, that's where the players are going, Hey, what the hell? Well, players have been, players have been doing that about service timing, the play manipulation for a long time. And, and thankfully, both sides have made offers on how to combat um, service time manipulation. So this is not something that MLB is, is turning a blind eye to. Um, 
they are very aware of the fact that service time manipulation has been a thing. Now, obviously the players uh, want to, um, their, their offer is a lot stronger when it comes to combating the service time manipulation. Uh, you know, they, they want to award full year of service for more players that either finish in, you know, usually it's performance based, usually who finish in the top three or top five in like rookie of the year, or reliever of the year or you know, MVP, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then also uh, looking at like a ba- I think it was like a balance of or an average of F war and B war and like the, the top, you know, X number of non non pitchers and non outfielders will would also qualify. And the top X number of pitchers and outfielders would qualify, would also qualify. Um, so that they, they want to combat that MLB hasn't been quite as, um, uh, quite as strong about it, but MLB has, and the, the one thing the two sides now agree on and the union kind of conceded on it was uh, awarding teams a draft pick for not um, burying minor league or bear, burying players in the minor leagues. Um, and that, that would be, um, I, I don't know how exactly I haven't had any kind of like detailed information on how exactly that would work. Yeah, that makes me wonder, like, you throw com- more compensatory picks at the end of the first and second rounds. I mean, how the hell do you do that? I honestly don't even know. Uh, like I said, I don't have a lot of the – and honestly, a lot of the details may be, um, you know, really in the, in the fine print uh, of which I personally have not seen uh, or have been given by any any source or anything. So I don't know personally uh, how, uh, how, that would, how that would work. I just know that if you're potentially throwing draft picks at clubs for – not wanting to bury players in the minor leagues, then, okay, then maybe they, you know, uh, don't wait until, you know, the, the mid June, you know, whenever it is to call up a, a, a top prospect, um, you know, because, you know, we've seen it happen. Chris Bryant is, is the, is the marquee story there. Uh, I do know as a pirates fan from, from back in the day that the pirates did it with Garrett Cole, uh, it wasn't as blatant, but they waited until, you know, mid June to call him up and they called him up in 2013 and he became a mainstay in the rotation and pitched in the national league division series that year and absolutely contributed. And, you know, because of that, because of when they brought him up, he didn't accrue enough service time that year to, you know, qualify for a full year or even become arb- um, super two eligible. So he had the three more years of pre-arbitration and then three years of arbitration. So ended up being, essentially seven years of control. Obviously they weren't all with Pittsburgh because he was traded to Houston, but, um, but still ended up being seven years of club control over, you know, at what a lot of people argue is the best pitcher in the game. Um, so that that's, <laughs> that's a problem that players and the league both are, have made you know, offers about, but um, you know, obviously how they end up, getting that to work out. I, I don't see that being very, very difficult for them to, uh, to agree on. I really do think just from everything I'm hearing and even seeing from other reports, the, the real negotiations will start. And I think everything else will fall into place much quicker. Once the CBT gets, gets, uh, agreed upon. I think once that happens, you'll start to see, um, you know, maybe you'll see players make more concessions. If it goes more the player's way, you might see them make, you might see them make more concessions on other things. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's ultimately where it's going to fall. Service time manipulation doesn't seem like anything they're going to really disagree, you know, a lot on. 
Uh, they still might not, might not, might not end up getting their way, but um, it's not one of the big issues between the two sides right now. And that's good. That's good for the players. It really is. All right. If you look at what's going on and look at they're they're obviously not going to start spring training when they were supposed to, in my opinion, and do you think this is true or not? I think this might be a blessing for all the minor league players because they're going to get the full force of the Rangers coaching staff in their camp because they're not going to have any major leaguers to look at. You think this is going to help in the development of a lot of these minor league guys? Um, uh, potentially, I mean, you're, I mean, you know, minor leaguers and prospects are, are definitely getting a different treatment this off season. Uh, overall, I mean, the Rangers just hosted a, uh, a leadership seminar a couple of weeks ago where they had six of their top prospects, you know, at globe life field. And they met with, um, you know, select members of the front office and the, and the big league coaching staff. And, you know, got to have one-on-one conversations with them. You know, we're talking about guys like Jack Leiter, Josh Young, Cole Wynn, Owen White, um, Dustin Harris, and um, um, uh, Josh Smith. You know, the guys who the Rangers are invested in and believe can be contributors at the big league level in the near future. Um, And, you know, that usually wouldn't happen in in, in a normal offseason. Usually in, in... you know, early to mid January, you know, that's usually the deadline for uh, salary arbitration. So that's near the forefront. Uh, the Rangers might also be trying to work on plugging other holes for the major league roster. Obviously none of that can be done right now. They can't even talk to other teams about trades. They can't talk to player agents about, you know, uh, about, you know, potential contracts, you know, they're not allowed to, to do anything like that. So yeah, it's allowed them more time to focus on their minor leaguers. So in spring training, it'd probably be the, be the same thing, you know, they get uh, a little bit more attention from, you know, big league, big league coaches. I don't know how much that would end up helping in the long run because ultimately spring training is a, you know, obviously a short period of time, yeah. uh, whether it's, whether it's a truncated spring training, like we saw in 2020, whenever they came back for spring 20, spring training 2.0, or it's a full six week, you know, program, uh, it, you know, it's still a short amount of time. So it, could potentially help definitely definitely doesn't hurt uh, at all um but um as far as like long-term development uh obviously you know the you know the course of a long season would you know be different but i don't yeah. see that happening because i i know there's a lot of naysayers out there like oh there's not going to be baseball in 2022 and oh there's going to be a 60 game season I, I don't think that's going to happen so um but yeah definitely definitely couldn't hurt whatsoever yeah and then if you look at it kind of how the minor leaguers lost the entire season of 2020, you know, this might kind of flip over and help them a little bit more to get, because there was a huge gap between the talent level of minor leagues to the big leagues. And now maybe, maybe that kind of grows closer. Do you agree? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, potentially. I mean, I remember asking Chris Woodward multiple times last year about the gap between AAA and the big leagues. And it didn't sound like from his perspective, now I'm using one person's perspective here. So this is not like, you know, a a catch all statement or anything like that. But um, he was saying things like the gap has never been wider, you know? And so I don't know if that is a result of just because of 2020 or if that's just the state of the game right now, if that's just the difference between big league coaching staffs and big league resources versus triple a coaching staff and triple a resources. 
um, 2020 definitely impacted development of a lot of prospects. I mean, just about every single prospect in the game, even for ones who got to go to alternate training sites. Yeah, you know, especially you have, the lower levels, you know, especially. Yeah, yeah, especially lower levels of, of guys who did not get anything, you know, working with any kind of big league coaching staffs or hitting in big league parks or hitting in, uh, you know, the alternate training sites, you know, served a purpose for sure. I, I can tell you right now, Josh Young loved his time at the alternate training site, but Josh Young was a first round pick, uh, you know, eighth over eighth overall pick, you know, he's going to get, you know, preferential treatment because he's a valued prospect in the organization. Um, but yeah, only a handful of prospects got to go. So yeah, 2020 definitely impacted the, the development of a lot of prospects. I don't know if that's, it could be a number of reasons why, um, the, uh, I don't think it's just one reason why the gap between AAA and the big leagues right now is, is so wide, but, um, definitely did not help the situation whatsoever. 2020 that is, uh, um, hopefully you start to see it turn a corner a little bit, you know, if, the big league season does end up getting cut short and it is only minor league baseball in April, say, um, then maybe you see some big league coaches get to have their hands on minor leaguers for a month of the season. And maybe that helps. Maybe, maybe, you know, that can help bridge the gap a little bit, but, uh, um, it, it, how, how it is over a year, on a yearly basis, how we see it this year, how we see it next year and 2024 and 25 and how it happens. If it, if the gap continues to stay wide, then maybe it's some other issues than just what 2020 did. But uh, I think right now there's probably a number of reasons, but 2020 definitely did not help the help the situation whatsoever. Yeah. Even if you, even if you just look at the Rangers, people like, uh, like Curtis Terry, who tore it up at AAA and then did not look great at the major level. DeMarcus Evans, was really good at the minor league level, but he had a lot of struggles at the major league level. And even Leody Tavares, who started so badly and then, you know, wound up playing really well at AAA. So yeah, it's like, sometimes you just think it's just getting in their own heads, getting to the major leagues and, and, and trying to play. But some of those guys were like, I mean, Curtis Terry was dominant, a dominant mm-hmm. major league level. And he was, I don't want to say disappointing because it wasn't disappointing, but he did not perform like he did at AAA when he came up to the Rangers. No, I, I don't think anybody really saw Curtis struggling as much as he did because usually a lot of the times, and I understand that like the game of baseball today is not like it was even 10, 15 years ago where when a prospect first comes up, you know, uh, it takes, you know, a week, two weeks, however long for other clubs to get the book on that player. Well, the book's already there. Uh, just because of the the age of information we live in now, um, it's not like it was, you know, back in the day or even 10, 15 years ago. I mean, players come up now, they already know. They already know what the player does well, what the player doesn't do well, what, uh, you know, what pitches he he likes, what pitches he likes, he, he, uh, he chases, you know, they, they, they all know. Um, and that's why whenever you see players like Adolis Garcia, you know, have the success he had for, two whole months, you're like, okay, this guy might be able to stick. Uh, obviously he went through some serious ups and downs and that's why you want to get an answer on him in 2022. But yeah, when you have guys like Curtis Terry and, uh, you know, Yohal Pozo, when he first came up, kind of, it was kind of that thing did really well at first. And then the, you know, kind of drop off later, um, that still kind of happened with the Rangers, uh, you know, you know, fortunately the Rangers got to see a lot of those players make the jump from triple A to the big leagues last year. And yeah, you saw some guys like Curtis Terry really, really struggle. So, um, 
and that's what led me to even ask Chris over the question, what, what's the gap right now? Because traditionally, I think you always, people always thought that the biggest jump was from single A to double A. Like it's like, cause once you get to double A, that's when you start seeing players who are on 40 man rosters, players who are in the, who have either been in the big leagues or are right on the cusp of being able to play in the big leagues. So usually traditionally that jump from single A to double A has been the, the most difficult one, but you know, here recently, you know, it looks like the jump between AAA and big leagues is kind of big. And um, yeah, it's kind of, I'm kind of curious to see how that play, that plays out this year um, and even next year and in the years to come, especially because, you know, we might not see it here because the Rangers have a much, you know, improved farm system. You know, they have higher quality prospects across the board and uh, it's a far deeper farm system. So maybe when you see guys like Bubba Thompson and Steel Walker and, you know, whoever else is some of the guys who aren't top prospects, but are still, you know, worthy prospects, uh, you come up, maybe they succeed a little bit better. I, I don't know. It's really interesting to see. And Leo Tavares is a, is a big question for 2022. See how he does because 2020 looked like he might be able to handle it. Then 2021, it was like, what, what's, what's going on? What here? the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, this year might be a really big year for him and, um, I'll tell you for players like him, he needs spring training, like big league spring training to, to be as long as possible and, and you know, have a chance to, to work as much as he can to, to try to get a, a real shot at the big leagues, uh, this year, because, um, players who are right on that cusp, they, they, they really kind of need. Yeah. Need, so, does, uh, so does Josh, Young. Josh yeah. Young does too, you know? he's got to prove that he he's ready to ready to step up to the major level. So, yeah. But the, the thing with Josh Young is he hasn't at least he's, he at least hasn't even made his big league debut yet. So, and there's still a real pot. I mean, if there was a gaping hole at third base, um, then maybe the pressure's there a little bit more to rush him, but there's not right now, as of right now, you have a gold glove winner at third base. And so the Rangers don't need one right now. Um, that center field is not the same situation. The Rangers need to figure out what the heck's going on with center field right now. It could be a Garcia, but if you don't sign say Suzuki, Nick Castellanos, um, you know, Chris Bryant, or, you know, um, this guy from Boston, I uh, can't think of his name. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, you know, you don't sign Schwarber. any of those guys, you know, maybe Adolis Garcia needs to go play left field. And then what the heck are you doing with center field? You know, so those are all questions that need to be answered. Third base is not like that. Josh Young can be, be at the AAA level until the Rangers are absolutely sure 100% he is ready to attack big league pitching because they know we have a gold glover who can hit, you know, who can produce at the bottom third of our lineup every day yeah. for, for now. Uh, so that, that's, that, that's, thankfully that's a, not a problem the Rangers have. So they don't feel, they don't have to feel rushed to, you know, put one of their top prospects into their, their top position player prospect in the big leagues too fast. Well, and going back to, to some guys showing up and then doing well and not doing well, some guys that did well and it really on the pitching staff, AJ Lexi and, and Jake Latz, even though he made one start, I thought he did pretty well. He showed command. He showed he wasn't afraid. AJ Lexi obviously wasn't afraid. Glenn Otto wasn't afraid. Spencer Howard still got questions on, but however, you know, there's there's a few guys on the pitching staff that that made some appearances last year that, that actually did pretty damn well. Yeah, there are, uh, and this is this is one of the main reasons why Rangers fans should be excited about the next what the next few years are going to offer because 
even if the Rangers sign, let's say they sign Clayton Kershaw or they trade for Sonny Gray. And, you know, obviously two absolute 100% locks for the rotation are then would be either Kershaw or Sonny Gray and then John Gray, who they already signed. Then you're looking at, you know, Dane Dunning. Dunning. Yeah, Dane Dunning and Taylor Hearn being like 98% locks. Um, And then, you know, then you've got, like you said, all those names you just listed for one spot in the rotation. Well, if we have a shortened spring training this year, you're going to need as much starting. I mean, you normally normally need as much starting pitching as you, starting pitching as you can get, no matter what. But in a if it's a shortened spring training and pitchers need more time to get, uh, you know, to get stretched out, and then you run the risk of further injuries, you're going to need as many pitchers as you can possibly get. Yeah, you might have multiple tandem situations going on. Yeah, so you might so AJ Alexi, Glenn Otto, Spencer Howard, all those guys are going to get, they're going to get their shot this year uh, to, to, to do something in the big leagues one way or the other, whether it's because of injuries, performance or whatever. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just going to happen. I, I you know, don't want, don't want to ever say injuries are going to happen, but it's just part of the game, especially if pitchers don't get a chance to get stretched out. And then, then you've got Kobe Allard, who looks like he might be a swing man here. Yeah. So. Um, and I didn't see, and this is another thing where we're talking about service time, Colby Allard, uh, missed the the cut for being super two eligible by three days of major league service. <laughs> three days. So wow. if he, whenever whenever he was called up, if he would have been called up three days earlier, he would have been super two eligible and been be, being able to be paid, you know, one point one million dollars this year instead of whatever the league minimum is going to be. Five hundred sixty-seven, six hundred k, seven hundred k, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever they end up setting the ligament, and that's another thing the two sides are far apart on is how to uh, how to yeah, what the league minimum is going to be. Uh, they both agree that it needs to be to be to be raised, but how much? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, those a lot of those guys are going to have an opportunity, and then uh, eventually down the line, Cole Wynn it has his eyes set, uh, set on. Um, making his big league debut uh, this year at some point when that's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know if it's a, a June situation. I think that might be a little early, um, but potential August or September. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a possibility. Jack lighter for 2023. You know, you have those guys coming down the road too. Uh, Rick, um, Ricky Venasco. Uh, uh, when is he ready? You know, is it 2023? Is it 24? Um, how he does. I mean, the Rangers have a lot of pitching, a lot of quality pitching, uh, in their in their farm system right now, so you have a lot of arms who can contribute now, and then who are going to be able to contribute in the next couple of years. And so that's a great thing for the Rangers to have. And you got Yeri and Yanni. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I, I, there are pitchers I'm not even naming right now. And yeah. that, that's that's that. That's we we, get, we that, could go down the list. We could be we could talk about this all night long. <laughs> and that's, see, that's the great thing for Rangers fans because usually whenever you're talking about, like I remember back in the day when people were talking about oh, what was the guy, uh, Tanner Shepard's like, that was like the big guy that everybody's kind of hoping on Tanner Shepard's. And then it was Chichi Gonzalez. And it's like, yep. it's like one or two pitchers and Nick Martinez and that they're hoping on, you know, that they're, they're yep. you know, putting all their hopes in is like one or two pitchers. Now you've got, okay. Jack Leiter and Cole Van and Ricky Venasco and AJ Alexi, Glenn Otto. And yeah, you, know, you just go down the list of all these <laughs> yeah. guys who, yep. you know, not all of them project to be number one or number two, but you have some guys, you know, <laughs> you need to have strong guys at the end of your rotation too. And if you have like Dane Dunning doesn't project to be a, a front of the rotation starter, but he projects to be a really solid number four, number five, and you need those guys to win world series too. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the the, the level of the, the depth of quality pitching the Rangers have in the farm system right now is. Um, I know for me, I, I've I've lived in DFW for 21 years. This is the long. This is the best I've ever seen the Rangers farm system be in terms of pitching. We agree completely. All right, Chris. Well. Uh, thanks for jumping on with us tonight and talking a little bit of lockout baseball and all that. We appreciate it. Ranger Report BFF. <laughs> thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.